<laughs> All right, camera's rolling, mic's rolling. Zach, welcome. Welcome. Welcome to the studio. Man, it's my pleasure. Uh, Marine Corps veteran. Um, let's start off with the fact that you're a fellow podcaster. Yeah. Let's give you some room here to talk about yours. Let's uh, be buddies like that. Advertise, cross-advertise for each other. Yeah, cross-streams. Oh. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so uh, what what I've done is we've started a podcast, well, a brand that has a branch off with a podcast called Core Values, C-O-R-P-S, Values. And the whole purpose of that is to help bridge the gap between the military community and the civilian community. And the only way you can do that is by listening to people's stories. Yeah. So I want to help facilitate, you know, the, the platform for people to speak on because it's so crazy how like we live our day to day lives and the person right next to you could have the most incredible life changing story and you just have no clue. And even some people's coworkers, like, I had a woman on, and she said, you know, the majority of everyone she's ever worked with had no clue she was a, a veteran. Yeah. Because, you know, some people look at that as, like, a crutch. Like, you're using this to get uh, special treatment. Some people want to put that on the back burner and get identified as, like, their own identity outside of being a veteran. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. That's okay. It's okay. Yeah. But, you, like I said, you could be with a coworker for so long and have no clue yeah, not know all this cool shit not know all this cool shit that they've done yeah. and it's like and and it, it allows people to be like oh wow well maybe i can look at people and be like interested in them instead of like hate them yeah, right man. off the bat yeah like oh man i wonder what their story is they probably did some cool shit look at them look at them they got all these scars all over the place oh, man something yeah. must happen well, it happens even in our community. Like, there's a one of our guests, previous guest, Jim. I've known him for like five years. And then we brought him in here, and he tells us he was in a helicopter crash. And it's like, whoa, what the fuck? I didn't know that. And then, uh, you know, we got another friend uh, that we served with back in Okinawa 20 years ago. And uh, about eight months ago, I uh, had him uh, do like a speech for my team in corporate America. And he unfolded like the rest of his 20 years. And I was like, holy shit. I didn't know you did all that stuff, you know? So it's good for us, too, to share these stories with each other because, hell, we don't even know what the hell we did, you know? It helps us appreciate each other. Yeah, definitely. But I like your tie to the civilian world, you mm-hmm. know, because a lot yeah. of people are really interested in it. They, you watch the shit on TV and in movies and all that, and, you know, and then they have no clue what any of us did, you know? I mean, I don't have a crazy story or anything like anything yeah. like that, but, you know, a lot of us do, you know? Well, you don't, that, that's the best <clears throat> part is you don't need a crazy story. <gasps> yeah. Like, you don't need a crazy story to be, a, like, in a civilian, like, oh, you were a Marine. Okay. <laughs> yeah. All right, what'd you do? Oh, I was just admin. I didn't do really do anything, but okay. Well, you went through boot camp? Okay. Yeah, yeah. You know, just off that, your your status in society is different. Yeah. Even if you don't have a story, you're like, oh, I don't, you know, there's nothing impactful in my life. Yeah. Next thing you know, like, some you you got little kids will be like, you're the top of the food chain. Yeah, because certain, certain deployments can take you places no matter what your job is in the Marine Corps. You know what I mean? Yeah. But. And some people don't get, you know, put on that card. Yeah. But it's crazy because you get the people that get out and they're dealing with some of the same issues that, you know, some of these operators and some of these, you know, infantrymen had to deal with. Some friend suicide. You know, it doesn't matter what unit you were in. You still can have a friend that kills himself. Yeah. You know, and that still is going to affect you in a negative way. And you still have to deal with those emotions internally. Like, that doesn't stop with, you know, what your MOS was. Yeah. You know, that's un- unanimous across all branches. 
you know, that's a possibility. Yeah, the biggest thing that I found, because like, I have, you know, soft friends and grunt friends and all that, and the biggest thing for me is just to, I, I mean, I've seen enough in the military to where it's like, I understand that I don't understand, and then you just got to listen to them. You know what I mean? That's how that's how I relate with them, you know? That's key. Like, yeah. accepting the, like, that you don't know, the unknown. I don't know how they're feeling. Exactly. You know what I mean? Because I wasn't there, and I didn't experience it myself, you know? And how much worse would it be if you thought you knew and you try to put yourself well, in pe- there? Well, that's what people that try to help too much do, you know? <laughs> exactly. And it, we have to identify that, though. Because yeah, it, yeah, yeah. Because that makes us worse. Mm-hmm. Like, we get deep in our holes when you have people that think they know what they're talking about and you know it can't relate to anything that you, you, you're going through. Yeah. And they, they're trying to just be like, oh, just act this way. This is how you solve this. Yeah. It's not that simple. I mean, we, we're layered. We, we have multiple trauma that triggers other trauma that triggers other trauma. And you have to get past that first layer to get to the second layer. And they don't even know what the first layer is like. So how are they going to understand the third layer? Yep. Yeah. yeah. So so since you've been doing your podcast, and it seems like we started, it looks like you started a little bit before us. Yeah. Uh, like less than a month. We're yeah. both like. You're in Tampa? Yeah, we're located out of Tampa. We film out of the, uh, the Tampa International Airport. Oh, oh cool. So uh, we have a full studio. And we started out, the first interview was in February. Yeah. And since then, we've done about five episodes as of right now yeah so we've are been, people like walking by while you're doing the podcast and stuff well it's it's in it's in the marriott hotel so oh, it's gotcha. in the, one of the back offices uh, so you get gotcha. it you know it's kind of secluded it's a, more that's of a cool. business atmosphere that's cool. yeah yeah well hopefully we can continue to kind of steal ideas from each other like like one of the things you got your logo you got yeah. swag already we, <laughs> we don't have any of that but that's pretty cool so tell us about the logo uh thanks for asking so the logo the the purpose of it was to help incorporate every branch of the military. Yeah. So you have the Space Force, the Marine Corps, the Coast Guard, the Air Force, the Army, the Navy. And then in the middle, it depends on what your interpretation is. It could either be America or it could be the entire world. Mm-hmm. But the idea is that these surrounding branches protect it, and it's more of uh, a communal type of feel. Nice. And uh, we've gone with the Civil Peace Flag. So most people only understand the American flag as what we've grown up with. But in 1799, 1800, there was ships coming to port and there was no way for the people in the port to understand what their purpose was for their arrival. So this, I forgot who created it, but they created the civil peace flag in order to identify those coming to port under the civilian jurisdiction and then at that point, it separated the other flag of America to be the what the war blood flag, mm. and that re- uh, represented government jurisdiction. So after about three years, the Coast Guard put their emblem where the stars were on the Civil Peace flag, and from there it was lost. And then the government jurisdiction war blood flag was then now flown. Huh. So it puts in kind of re- like brings you down to well, what was the purpose of that? We fly it everywhere, but it's really showing that we're under government jurisdiction. Hmm. Now, when I watch your podcast, I think you have it hanging up in the background, right? It's it's behind the guest. Yes. Because you got the Marine Corps flag behind you, and then you got your flag, which is another piece of swag that you got. But yeah. then you also have uh, that flag that you're talking about behind the guest. So, yeah, it's cool. Yeah, definitely. If, if you listen to us, I mean, you're the same boat as us, building listeners. You know, check check out core values. Um, I also like what you guys are doing with your website. Uh, you got uh, particularly the piece where when you go to your website, 
uh, you have the opportunity to click on like your different av- or uh, different platforms that you put put it out on. So yeah, yeah. And we have a couple of uh, things with uh, under the breaking news tab. There is a uh, a brother that's uh, we've been in contact with uh, in Ukraine in a port city, and we were we had three interviews with him. What's and, he doing? Uh, right now, he is just helping uh, the resistance, working on the humanitarian aspect of it. But because there are they are in a port city, so like logistics and stuff, logistics, and he does uh, uh, counter intel. Oh, okay. So that's his expertise. Gotcha. So uh, what what he's been doing is just kind of maintaining that position, and he's done a great job so far. Um, but he he's. Four days after the invasion is when we had our first contact with him. Oh, wow. So it was right at the beginning. And he was giving us information that was, I mean, night and day different than what was uh, being released on the news. Of course. I mean, he was giving us straight facts. So it was live, raw. We just got it. We gave it out as we have it. And, you know, hopefully we can, you know, build on it when he's he's available later on. You know, but we we do have three interviews with him. Yeah, that's cool. Well, hey, man, we're happy to return the favor at any time, you know, if you're looking for guests or whatever. I'm sorry we couldn't yeah. make it happen the other day, but, uh, you well, know. We're, we're building. We're growing, yeah. you know, and the goal is to to help facilitate a platform for people to, to tell their story, and but not that, just outreach people. Yeah. And people need to feel connected because we're so disconnected in yeah. society right now. That's the significance of purple. The purple, it was my favorite color. It's a royal color. But after... It was implemented in the logo. I realized what it was truly for. Uh, we are divided into red and blue states, and if you combine red and blue together, uh, you create purple. So, if we we're going to create a unified nation, we need to create a purple nation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the purple party. The purple party. <laughs> so that's that's the goal. Well, you're a brother marine. Hoorah! Uh, Hoorah! Simplify. So, uh, tell tell us a little bit about your career. What uh, MOS you went into? Uh, also, where'd you grow, grow up, boot camp, all that kind of stuff? Walk us through that a little bit. Okay. Well, I think we have to start with growing up before we get to the <laughs> other part. Well, I was born in uh, Boston and lived out there for about 12 years. And then from there, moved to Florida. And then from Florida, we moved to California. And then from Los Angeles, we, I moved to South Dakota. So, Where, where in South Dakota? I lived out it was about 15 miles west of lead. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so I lived in the Black Hills. Yep. Awesome. About 6,000 elevation, about five neighbors. Next closest neighbor, about 15 miles away. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, no running water. You know, we had to get our oh, water uh, from a tub. Um, yeah. That's different. Uh, chop wood. I mean, it is what it is. You know, I was up that, there with my uncle, and I really, you know, I was up there for a year, and that's where I joined the Marine Corps out of. Nice. Yeah, I I just that's I stopped you there because I I lived in Madison, South Dakota for oh yeah for about a year and a half. Yeah, yeah, that's went to school up there. So it's totally Beautiful different. Country. It's totally different. Went to Black Hill. I went out to the Black Hills, um, Mount Rushmore, and all that. And man, I, yeah, that's that's some good country there. Yeah, Black Hills is. I mean, it's sacred land. It is. You can feel it. Yeah. I mean. You, you just go and see the mountains, and the mountains just look different than everywhere else. Yeah, it's beautiful. It's beautiful. People are nice. It's different nice, though. It's yeah. like not just like country nice. Yeah. It's like, okay, well, I'm going to get your car out of the ditch, and then you're going to stay at my house, and then we're going to go fix your house. I mean, it, it's incredible. Yeah. I yeah. mean, it's survival, though. You need your neighbors to live out there. Yeah, definitely. You need them. 
Cause yeah, when cold. I w- I was there 2006, 2007, it was still like a uh, you know there was like one bar in town yeah. and uh, every, everybody knows each other. The grocery store, you go in there, everybody says hi and all that stuff. So it's it really is kind of a rewind in uh, Americana. Yeah, you know the old Americana. So you joined the Marine Corps in the Black Hills. Yeah. So you uh, MCRD San Diego. Yeah. So I went to San Diego and I went in. Ended up being a uh, wireman. So I went throughout boot camp, and then from there, got sent out to Texas Air Force Base Shepherd to do my school. And then from there, I went out to Okinawa. So Okinawa was my first tour, and then I did. Um, I played football for the Marine Corps football team out there. That's right, I saw that. Uh, yeah. Shot division matches out there. I did all the the pogue stuff is the best way to put it. I shot I shot division matches when I was out there too. Oh yeah, the parties came yeah. out for two. I got a what do they call it? Fapped out or yep. whatever for two weeks, and I got to go. I mean, that was badass. It was. Those guys are. I mean, they're, they're, they're the official. best. They're the best shooters in the Marine Corps. Absolutely, I and got like to say, teaching yeah. us and shit. It was crazy. The the Marine Corps rifle squad is the one that was teaching. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah. It was insane. It was a crazy experience in the Marine Corps for me, seriously. And and people took like. Didn't really understand that. I like, didn't even. Like, I'm know. looking back now, I'm like, damn, those guys, like, compete against the civilian teams and shit, you know? No, they were the best shooters in the world yeah. in the most efficient, deadly fighting force in the world. Yeah, that's crazy. Like, you, when you really take the 1% of the 1% of the 1% of the 1% of that, it's yeah. like, wow. Yeah. I mean, so just getting that experience of seeing, like, shooting outfits and coats and... What, what know, base were you on in Okinawa? Uh, I was on Camp Courtney, oh, okay. and then we did the division matches on Schwab. Oh, okay. We did them on Hanson. On Hanson. Yeah. Okay. Maybe it was Hanson. Maybe. I don't know. It was a while back. Yeah. They both have ranges, I think. But, um, it, no, it was, it was Schwab. I remember. But it was a total, you know, experience just learning how to do it properly, what they look at, what you're supposed to. It's just a little bit different than when you're learning, a, like, a combat situation because it it's more of a, a you know, proper alignment as opposed to you know uh a percussion alignment yeah so do you guys do you guys you know what we do 200 300 500 yards on the normal rifle mm-hmm. qual so are you guys doing something else no with this, I, with this well, I pistol You're still just doing all i wasn't that. usually usually yeah. they only do that for staff ncos but yeah but no i didn't do any it was the same shit we do on the range in boot camp you just got to learn yeah. from like elite yeah elite. yeah yeah the the best of the best so either of you guys did you have um yeah i mean did it like make a big difference in your quals or what i well, would say so were you yeah, already i'm shooting? a better shooter from it yeah for yeah. sure there's there's things that i still you know hold on to in my shoot i mean i don't practice as much as i could you know but yeah and, I mean, I don't know about you guys, but I still remember like that whole week of the breathing, yeah, rifle breathing, yeah, breathing, wind, control, wind, Kentucky windage. Yeah. Well, I, yeah. I definitely will say like I never shot a pistol until I went to division matches, so I didn't have any bad habits. So I got to learn from like the best of the best properly, and that was like my baseline. So I ended up being three times called expert pistol. Yeah. You know, I was already expert rifle, so I was four times called. Told you, right? Yeah, I mean it's. You know, it's all being able to understand your muscles, yeah, and how and to hold your body. Them shoot was pretty cool too. Oh man, it, they could hold quarters and yeah. pennies, and it, it was it was really dope. But um, I definitely think that it was a, a great experience because now I use that to help teach other people, you know, the proper way. Yeah. Well, the perfect example. I didn't know. Well, I guess he did say that. I, I just forgot. Yeah. All right, I, yeah. All right. I was gonna say. Yeah. Here I am learning something about 
Ryan over here, but now I, I now that blah. Never mind. Yeah, it all comes <laughs> back out. But it's all it's all relevant. I mean, even if you forgot, now you can be like, oh yeah, remember we talked about this, yeah. and now I remember about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's really it, that was a great experience. Um, definitely, you know, the jungle warfare and stuff like that. Learning what it's like in a jungle environment. Um, but then I, if I'm going to progress after that, I got you know EAS out to my infantry unit three six, and then I was a radio operator with them. Um, and we got UDP'd back to Okinawa. So I went... So 3-6 is out of California? Thir- that was out. That was 3rd Battalion, 6th Marines out of Camp Lejeune. Oh, Lejeune. Yeah. I, I was getting mixed up. With, so 5th uh, but- Marines is in uh, uh, Camp Pendleton in Cali. Gotcha. But uh, the significance of 6th and 5th Marines are they get to wear the 4J, and they're the oh, only yeah. uh, units in the entire Marine Corps that get to wear uh, a rope or a 4J on their shoulder. Yeah, I remember hearing about that. So that was the they got that from the Battle of Bella Wood, where they got um, ascribed the name Devil Dog. Yeah, so that's awesome. Yeah, it was pretty cool being able to be like in a prestigious, you know, unit like that. Yeah. So you guys got sent back over to Okinawa. Yeah, I was on Camp Shawab uh, the yeah. second time, and that's where we went out to you know all the different places and um, got to see a little bit more of Asia. Yeah. I, I already saw a lot of it, but you know, see some different parts that I hadn't seen yet. Yeah, so you said like Hope or Gold. Yeah. Or some of the other places. Uh, down into the Philippines. And we did a couple ops there. And then we went up to mainland Japan, uh, Camp Fuji. Uh, ended up climbing Mount Fuji, uh, full pack. It was crazy. Uh, it was some Marine Corps shit. <laughs> yeah. And um, yeah, so also a couple of the outside islands, Kyoto. Um, I forgot Iwakuni. Um and yeah, so kind of got to see a lot of Asia while I was out there. So going going back to Courtney, what else, I I we were on Hanson. Um, I went to Courtney like two or three times. I don't. What, what's all on Courtney? Well, I was in the. You probably knew my barracks. My barracks was the one right across the street from the bowling alley. Right when you went in through the gate. So I, I was like the old staff in CO barracks. You know, it was already you know getting torn down eventually. So they just let us, you know, run it to Mold, shit. The moldy ass. Yeah, man, ours weren't very good in Okinawa. <laughs> they were bad. Shit, yeah, and I know they were poisoning our lungs. Well, they shit. built new ones, <laughs> and right after I left, right after I EAS or changed duty stations, they tore down my built that building yeah. and moved everybody to the other building. So I was like the last the one. Last, you got the worst of it. Well, that was the. It was a big. It was like known as the party barracks. Oh, uh, yeah. So it was kind of like. You know, if you're going to go out, we went out with a bang. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So, I mean, Marines doing Marine shit. You know, yeah. you got the oh, bowling yeah. alley right there, and then walking distance NCO club right there. Like The darkness comes out during, like, the oh yeah the tsunami when you have to sit. Oh, the typhoons? Like, yeah, typhoons yeah. When you got to sit in the room for, like, three or four oh, days. Oh, that's when you stock you, up, and you have, like, cases of beer that you've bought over a course of a week because you know it's coming. What a funny situation to just put a bunch of 18 to 19 year old dudes in and just like, you guys got to stay in those barracks for fucking four days and And just, you're on your own. Here are your MREs. Yeah, here's your MREs, exactly. And you're on your own. All right, motherfucker. I'm surprised we didn't die. I remember one time during a typhoon warning uh, over there, um, category whatever there was like a category where you could go outside but only if you like went as a i don't know they had to escort you, you gotta have to proper ppe or something yeah like you that. gotta have your flag jacket and your yeah. and your and your kevlar on 
And uh, it was like, it couldn't have been better weather out. And here we are walking around like dipshits with Kevlar. Kev- it's like wearing a mask during COVID. Just to uh, get a hot meal. Yeah, just to go get a bag nasty. Yeah, bag nasty. Yeah, I mean, but we had a couple of guys out. Obviously, Marines, you know, find a way out. And there was guys that doing the 45 degree, you know, like Titanic. You know, sometimes when it was the wind really got crazy, it, it did got, get crazy. It moved. Oh, yeah. like the heart the, of the, the little cars yeah. get yeah, moved. Yeah, I've seen, I've seen I, I saw band. that too. Yeah, yeah. yeah, come off its wheels. Yes, yeah. they get moved. Yeah, so it's, it's nuts. It's nothing to play with. But if yeah. you're, you know, 18 years old and reckless abandon, you know, you find ways to. We play with it. We play with the fire. <laughs> we play <laughs> yeah. with the fire. Do you remember? Uh, there was rumors about people trying to jump out with like parachutes. Yeah, with uh, they're and like breaking their legs from the third story. Yeah, with their tarps. Yeah, yeah. Going from the yeah. yeah, there was guys that broke their legs from jumping from like the third story yeah. with yeah. their tarp. Yeah, yes, I remember a story happened. like that. I also remember, do you remember this? There were guys that uh there was a couple of guys that took like a carpet, piece of carpet and like threw it up over the fence, the Constantina wire around the outside of the base. Yeah. And they like got Jumped out that up. way and then left it and then went out to um nah. Kinville. Oh, Kinko. Right, right Kinko. outside of Hanson. Oh, yeah, yeah. And, and then the guys they, from Supply. Then, yeah. It's like Sharpshire well, I was Martin. In supply. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah it was Sharpshire those guys. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. They fucking threw, yeah, they threw blankets on the barbed wire fence. They got a, they got a bottle of whiskey it, out in town. It, yeah. yeah. That's exactly who it was. Yeah. Those guys, <laughs> I'll tell you. Uh, but, yeah, they just left the carpet there next to the fence. When they came back, threw the shit up, back up over the top and got back in. Nobody, nobody no, expected a thing. They got a fifth of Jack Daniel hey, or a half gallon or something. That's, that's some Marine Corps shit. Yeah, it is. Uh, <clears throat> don't get <yeah>. detected. <laughs> yeah, that was good. So you hook up with 3-6, go out and see the world. Yeah. What's next? I uh, got out and started going to school yeah. using the GI Bill. And Where'd you go? Well, when I, the thing with me was when I was getting out, I knew I was going to want to go to school. So I started going through all the programs to kind of help that transition go really well. You know, one of the first things was getting my VA claim done before I got out of the Marine Corps. Um, Smart. And also finding schools that were under the Yellow Ribbon program. So I ended up going to the education center, and they told me about this whole program where different colleges have a special program where if it's under the Yellow Yellow Ribbon uh, badge, or affiliation, then they will pay for the rest of the tuition no shit. for your school. So it, the whole point of it is that, so that the veteran is 100% no, un, like no, no debt, no anything. So University of Tampa is that way. The school I was going to, uh, East Carolina University, that, that was a Yellow Ribbon program. And then I transferred over to Florida Gulf Coast University, and that was a Yellow Ribbon program as well. Nice. Damn, I never heard of that. Yeah. You know, when I, I did the same thing, I went to school, but I just did the GI Bill. Maybe I, maybe I just didn't know enough. Do you know if that's new at all? or is that that's, No, that's, that's been, that's been around time. for a while, and that's why it was so big for me to go to Education Center and really find out you know what, what, what I was needing in order to be successful once I left. Because I heard of so many people once they got out had nothing, yeah. didn't know what to do. So get your VA claim ready. If you have a record jacket in the Marine Corps or the, any branch of the military, start prepping that and getting your uh, start scheduling your uh, screenings. Yeah. You can schedule it for like uh, the week after you get out. Yeah. You know, so just that it's done. And then if you get your rating, then you can um, um, you can qualified for the blue, the yellow ribbon. Well, no, the, you oh. don't need a rating for the yellow ribbon program. Oh, gotcha. But it, that's just be, a veteran thing. That's just a veteran veteran thing. But you'll be able to uh, put in your uh, reevaluation um, 
application. So if you get a bad rating, you can right off the bat put in for a new screening, and then you'll be able to kind of get more uh, of more paper behind your argument. Yeah, you guys are both smarter about this than I was when I. So I I when I got out, I went to I, I grew up by Chicago, so I went up to Great Lakes. Mm. And uh, I did the initial thing, like I got seen by a physician up there, but then I never did anything with it again. So I, I don't know if I rate any kind of disability or anything, um, but you, you know, would, you I would know should. if you did. I'll, well, they told me when I was there that they uh, they'd be. I, I don't know. I well, I, that, I don't I, remember I'll, exactly how it went, but I got no rating. Uh, I will. But put I started it this some way. kind of paperwork. It is better to be rated zero percent than not have a rating. Is that right? Yes. That? Because you can always go back to the things that you applied to be rated for. Have it looked at again. And have it looked at again. Whoa. And because it's on your record that you wanted this as an, that you uh, uh, highlighted this as an issue, even if you got 0% on that, you can use that later on in your uh, reapplication I process. I could be wrong about this, but I think my, he's no more than 20. But I think my brother might be 0%, but he still does his medical with the VA, yep. and they paid for, like, a really expensive ankle yep. surgery for him. Because if later on down the road, if he has it claimed, and it's 0%, but then he has ankle problems he's later. he's still service-connected. That's a service connection. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Because it was claimed on his initial assessment. Yeah. So, like, if I have uh, high blood pressure, but I don't have any issues with it, if, or if I have 0%, if later on down the road I have a blood condition... It could get connected back to that first claim, and then I can get compensated for yeah, that. Oh shit! Yeah, that's definitely and they'll a good pay thing. for surgery. Good for good for people in the military and you know veterans to hear that kind of stuff. But uh, is it possible that I wouldn't know if I did it before I got out? Because actually thinking about it, maybe I did it while I was on terminal I mean, you leave. Could, you could call one eight hundred eight two seven one thousand and find out. <laughs> it's like the four thousandth time that Ryan's recommended this to me. Yeah, <laughs> I just still haven't done it yet. <laughs> you should just have it like. Written on his hand one night when he's sleeping, <laughs> and he wakes up like, oh, okay, maybe I should give him a call. Yeah. Well, you know, it's a, this may sound like a overly, and even me now, it's like patriotic kind of bullshit thinking. But I don't know. My my thinking back then was I'm not injured, so mm -hmm. I, I just I didn't I just never really pursued it because I just didn't uh, in some idiotic form of righteousness i didn't think it was right to do it but I, I don't agree with myself on that now you know i think i should have I, I should have pursued it more and i should pursue it now um a big thing <clears throat> that i've learned with people in the military is they feel uh, a lack of compensation uh they don't feel that some people that didn't serve in these active war settings d compare themselves to these war fighters yeah. And they're like, how do I, how dare I claim stuff when these people are really what, you know, have an issue. But I had to take a step back because being a Marine, I was in a hyper uh, concentrated environment, like hyper concentrated. So we're seeing like the, the elite of the elite on a very small scale. Um, when I took out, when I got out, I started seeing people that, you know, were in the Air Force, that were in the Coast Guard, that were in the Navy having admin jobs and didn't do anything, and they were 100%. And I looked at it like, wow, how dare I take myself out of that pool when there's people lesser than me that I know that I have much more credit to my name than they do, or credit to my body. I cast more checks than they did. Yeah. And 
and they're able to sustain a better life. So I'm not. So I need to start putting my ego out of it and be like, no, I need to have a better quality of life. That takes precedence over my ego. Yeah. Well, you know, it, I think you're right. I think there's probably people who have that mindset. You know, it's a, it's a. Um, I don't know if I could I say that. In there's general, a, though, it's just like. The the funding is there. You yeah, know what I mean exactly. So the, the funding yep. is there for yep. the veterans. Yeah, and 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 that's you should do it. You know, that's what I mean. That, I mean that's put what it to the side. Yeah, yeah. We all we all earned the opportunity to go through that process. That's what it's there for. So um, I don't know. You know, I, it's I think your you right. Definitely do it. It's your right to claim. Yeah, you don't have to claim it, but it is your right to claim. Yeah, for sure. And you know, if you're able to. If you're able to look at it and be like, okay, well, if I'm, we we, we kind of think of ourselves as like, oh, we don't rate that. Yeah. Like I don't rate that. I'm not I, my 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 level in this wasn't as high as ever other people's. I don't rate that. I'm good. I got alcohol. I got this. I can I can <laughs> handle it. You get out when you're 24, 25, 26 years old. You know, yeah, you're like, you oh, got, I got this. And you got. But back in my 50 day, years of life to go. Like when you go to the VA and tell them that shit, like, oh, you're done. No, no, well, no, no. What I'm saying is, is uh. They don't do this anymore, but they were giving out like massive amounts of uh, like Xanax yep. and fucking Vicodin. Yep. And I know from experience, like yeah. I was getting bottles of it for yep. like three years. And then like the suicide thing came to light a lot more. Yep. And they stopped. They cut that. They don't give away that shit anymore. Like, uh, I'd say really maybe don't. because I went to the VA and I asked to go see a chiropractor and ended up leaving with 120 muscle, muscle relaxers. Yeah, muscle relaxers so I like, can see, but those aren't as hardcore as like, like no, the not, narcotics. Not, not, not I don't think it's a narcotic. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. the narcotics. I mean, I think eat your brain, off. eat your brain out, man. Yeah, I was I was really bad on them, you know, before because VA was just it was like candy. Yeah, like literally, and, <laughs> and it was it was really really bad. You know, going down that dark hole, you don't people don't understand what you're going through, so it's like oh, you're even more disconnected than you think. Because you're trying to, you have, literally have nobody that you can talk to because nobody can understand what you've went through. And even your boys, it's not like okay to talk about. And then you're taking a bunch of narcotics. Exactly. <laughs> and you, and, but the funny thing is, is like we joke about it. Like that's the joke. Like, oh yeah, I'm on this and that. And I just, you know, I just, that's the joke is like, we have to laugh it off because it's such a sad truth. Yeah. It's so sad. And we know it's, you know, we know how fucked up it is, but we're just like, uh. You know, we're, we we signed the contract. We're in on this. This is what we get. You know, you know. I've been out of the military for sixteen years now, right? Sixteen, two, yeah, sixteen years, and uh, went to corporate America. Corporate America, fourteen years there, and uh, I've been really happy to do this because I'm feeling more and more connected back. Because I, because I, I, I felt I, I didn't realize it, but I felt pretty disconnected from a lot of the military friends and just the military culture and all that. So doing this, this last two months has really reconnected just all of our, the, there's something unique. There's something unique about serving in the military. There's something unique about that personality and it's good to be back in that mix. You know, it's like, um, the best way I compare it to is people have like their colleges that they've, you know, that's their whole identity growing up. Like they only watch Kentucky games. They only wear yeah. Kentucky colors. You know, that's their, lineage is a kentucky family yeah you know i saw a gator yeah. fan with fucking two gator mascots tattooed on his forearms the other day and he was wearing a gator jersey and he had two fucking real 
tats of the gator mascot. Like, what, damn, bro. Same one on each arm? It, uh, they it might, might have been, been a little different, but yeah, it was definitely two gators with the hat and the jersey on. It was the yeah. mascot, yeah. And yeah. that you know that person, and he was wearing all orange, like orange shoes, everything. Dude, he, he may have only been there for four years, and he was just walking his dog. Yeah, exactly. he, he, yeah, 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 he yeah. may not have ever gone to school there. <laughs> so, but that's what I'm saying is like we get brought back to our, you know, that that's our, our heritage. Our, well, it's our our fraternity sorority. You know, it, brotherhood. It, it's our brotherhood, Brother our and sisterhood. sisterhood. Yeah. You know, we people that is our identity. As much as we don't want to be identified as that, as that, you know, war fighting, warmonger, you know, stone cold killer, we don't want to be identified like that because that's not conducive to society. But we do identify with other people that, you know, have gone through stuff like that. Yeah. You know, we we can feel, you know, a sense of like a pull. Like, okay, well, I know that this guy hates this as well, so I'm just going to go hang hang out with this guy, and we're both going to hate this shit yeah. together. Like, that's the benefit. It's like you know people with the same mentality because they're just they're just disgruntled. They have, like, an internal, like, demon that they're just trying not to let out and let society see it. You're like, okay, I like that guy. Yeah. I like that girl. <laughs> she, you know, that they, I, I can vibe with them. We'll get a drink together. We'll, we'll smoke together. We'll, we'll hang out. Yeah. You know, but the the problem is is we don't get a chance to actually interact with those people enough. Yeah. And we don't have enough outlets or platforms. And that's why, you know, you go I've gone to uh a couple conventions and then the biggest issue with all the veterans there is that there's no community. Like there is no there is camaraderie, but there is no community. So like if we can facilitate that then we'd be able to get some type of, you know, I don't know, healing in our, our, our community. Yeah. I, I, I may just be looking in the mirror because we're doing this podcast, but like looking at your podcast, coming along, seeing like Jocko doing his, mm. uh, it seems like there's more and more of this kind of stuff going on. I don't know. It, maybe I, I think, I think there's maybe some hope that the veterans are really starting to pull together and uh, talk more and be, become more of that community. The, the best thing about being under so much pressure is that that's how you find out where your diamonds start appearing. So we've had so many veterans dealing with so many issues, it's almost like, okay, well, nobody else is going to do it. I'm going to do it. And we're getting to that point where it's like, okay, well, we've reached our our limit. Now we're going to start taking charge and taking ownership over the things that have been neglected towards us because we're waiting on other people to, to handle it, and they're not doing it properly or effectively. Sorry, guys. Sorry. Bless so, you, buddy. So, <coughs> excuse me. Sorry about that. So, <coughs> excuse me. Damn. <laughs> excuse me. Sorry about that. Sneeze attack. Sneeze attack. Yeah. Sneak attack. Uh, but if if we can start creating, you know, a place where people can just feel like they they could talk and not have to go through like a chaps, yeah, or any type of something formal. Like we are not formal beings. We were constructed in formality but you the whole point was to get us away from garrison yeah. like we wanted to get away from garrison we wanted to go and you know be with you know the the people that we live our everyday lives with yeah that was what you know kept us there that's what made us you know helped overcome hardships you know was with those groups of people and that's what we need to bring out we need to take out all that structure and keep bringing back like that you know that togetherness. 
Yeah. It didn't matter. You both, it all sucked. And if you didn't have somebody to lean on to, you don't feel like you'd be able to get through that situation. So it didn't matter what color that person was. It didn't matter what religion that person was. It didn't matter what political views that person had. You're just like, I need you to survive this mm-hmm. because I'm not going to make it through it without you. I don't care. As long as you get me out of this, we're good. You know, and that's what we need, you know, is people to just put stuff out there. It doesn't matter what your opinion is. As long as you're just trying, that's facilitating change. Yeah. You don't have to make change. You can facilitate it. You can encourage others to want to do better. And that's how you get get there. Yeah. And it's uh, I'm fairly new to central Florida. Uh, I'm, I moved here in August of last year from the panhandle. Uh, but down here in central Florida, man, there's a huge veteran presence down to Tampa in particular, Hillsborough, Hillsborough County. There's all kinds of them. And I love that. I love seeing all the different veteran events that are going on down here. But I want to go back to your story here. So so you did a great job chasing down your benefits. You go to school, um, East Carolina. What did you say? Ta- University of Tampa? Is that what uh, no, Florida, Florida, Florida Gulf Coast Florida University. Gulf. Yeah, yeah. Were you there when they went on the big run in the uh, uh, March Madness? Or whatever? I was there 2015. So their run, I think, was 2013. Oh, man. So it was like two been, two years after. That would have been nuts to be there it, for that. It, it still was. I mean, they yeah. were still going to you know March Madness and making it to the, the, the tournament. They just weren't winning in the Elite, elite Eight or something like yeah, that. Yeah, I was going to say. What, they got up, I think, maybe Final Four or something. It was crazy. Yeah. It was crazy. Um, but uh, I was studying athletic training slash kinesiology, and I was really just fascinated with the body and how it worked and how I could fix my body because I was so broken personally. I just wanted to figure out what was going on. Um, and I love sports. So I figured it was a perfect combination. And then I didn't get into the program, so I kept, you know, trying, didn't get in. You know, it was meant to go. So I ended up, um, I tore my ACL, and uh, from there I ended up working in a physical therapy clinic with the physical therapist that was my personal physical therapist, and he was the best one I ever had. So he was like from he was from Hong Kong, and he had you know Far East medicine, and then he got his doctorate at University of South Florida, so he was able to combine them together, and it was really like the best approach to physical therapy. It was like hands on, you know touching the body, knowing what the muscles were going. It wasn't just like do this exercise kind of stuff. So it was totally homeopathic, and I got to learn underneath him, and it was really a great experience. And then from there, I moved out to California again. Hmm. So, well, What the hell took you out there? The California, what's, what's California like? What's your assessment of living in California? Uh, I've had two, two, two interpretations of Cali. So the first time it was when I was like 17, and it was a little bit different. I was rebellious, you know, didn't want to hang out with the right right group of people. Um, and then the second time, you know, it was my first time, like, getting introduced to, like, rooftop bars and, you know, seeing, you know, different atmospheres of Cali because I went out there for acting. Where is it in Cali? And then, like, what years are we talking about here? Uh, I was I was out in, like, Culver City, uh, Santa Monica area. Okay. And that was 2018, uh, 2019 time. And then I was out there for like two years and then came back out here after once 2020 happened with COVID and everything and came out here in 2020, 2020 September. Mm. So constant moving back and forth. Did some time in Cali with COVID. Yeah, I did. Gross. I mean, that was the the hotbed. 
Yeah, I mean, I was up in Portland, and they were pretty fucking shit. Well, that was where all the riots were going on and shit like that. That's when I came back. Well, it was really crazy because I was there, I was in Cali when uh, Nipsey Hussle got killed and when Kobe Bryant got killed, and it was like right before COVID. So it was a totally different like thickness in the air. I mean, you had so much like despair yeah. happen, and then riots on top of that. It was just people like coping, like with because they th- like that was their you know golden child, Kobe Bryant. And Nipsey Hussle, I mean, to what L.A., like, he was, like, the Drake of L.A. It was incredible. But, you know, Kobe Bryant was, like, the identity of Los Angeles. And then him to get killed right before COVID. I mean, it was, like, phew, that was crazy. Yeah. It was um, it was definitely uh, difficult to see because you saw it on all the television channels. All you know, downhill after everything. Hombre. Everything. After the gorilla died, everything. Oh, Harambe? Everything turned yeah. around. Yeah. You can't, you can't, uh, traces all the shit back to home, right? (laughs) Yeah, it's, it's all right. I mean, now we got, you know, some light at the end of the tunnel now. It's, it was kind of dark there for a while. Uh, yeah, I mean, um, well, what do you, so, you know, COVID, just the COVID stuff, you yeah. know, you lived in California for a little bit. You can see how Florida was treating mm-hmm. it very differently. Um, I don't know. What do you think about all that time? Um, I have my opinion about it. Um, <laughs> we don't have to go there if you don't want to, but well, I mean, being from a medical field, at least, you know, the understanding the basics and concepts of medicine, if you don't address a virus at the beginning stages of it, then you're pretty much unlocking Pandora's box. And for me, seeing how Cali and every, the whole nation was so slow to react to the issue, really just kind of put it in perspective what the intention was. So that's what kind of took me out um, from the very get-go. Just like the downplaying of it, like it's not a big issue. Like that was an issue. And understanding medicine, you know what you're doing once you're letting something exponentially grow. So what you, you, so you're saying that basically like if we all took it really serious up front, yeah, and that's, how, it, that's how viruses are addressed. And, and and did what exactly? I mean, like what? Well, what I mean, wear masks. Stay well, yeah. Inside? Well, you gotta understand. You you've been in Okinawa. It's yeah. common that if you are sick, you wear a mask. It's common. I mean, that's in the culture. Well, they got it from. I lived out in Asia for a long time, and they got it from uh, SARS in two thousand four. That's why everybody yeah. wears masks now. But but it's, it's not an issue for anybody. I mean, it's, well, no, they, it's they wear them everywhere. They still wear them in Asia. Yeah, like, even before COVID. Like absolutely, when I first got to Thailand. It's like when you go to the mall and there's a few people wearing masks. Everybody wears them on their motorbikes and yep. shit. It's a it's it's a it's a courtesy to the other people around you, and that's what you know. The difference was is like that was before it was forced. You know, and once you force it, it's you know you just kind of it is it's a different you know you're interpreting it differently. But coming from Japan and Asia, it wasn't a big deal. I understand the courtesy part of it, but there's science behind it now that they didn't even work anyway. It, I, you know, they I mean? they, ne- they they didn't have to work. That's the whole thing. Is it? It didn't have to work. Yeah, exactly. That wasn't. Pr- exactly. It wasn't exactly. the purpose of it. Yeah, no, exactly. You know, yeah. So I mean, the purpose was to make everybody feel more comfortable. Put I mean, masks on little kids. Well, the the purpose of Shut it. Shut everybody up. Well, initially, <laughs> we're I, doing something. No, initially. You have to understand opportunity knocks at every door at every door. Yeah. So 
initially that was the proper response to combat something. To but wear be, a mask. To wear a mask. But once opportunity knocks, then people start seeing opportunity. And that's where it gets interpreted differently. Like, look what we can do with this. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So that's where it get, you know, things become weaponized. You, you, because you take people's opinions and force them against it. Mm-hmm. And that's a weapon. You're forcing entry. Yeah. Um, but initially, that's not what the purpose was. The purpose was to address something that had been neglected. And that was the problem. Yeah. Well, the whole thing was... I mean, the whole thing was for sure political. I, 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 I mean, it was made. There was the politicians immediately fighting about it. You got mm-hmm. people, you know, following this one versus that one. The, you know, people that are with Trump and against Trump and all mm-hmm. that shit. So there was a ton of noise that went into all of that. You know what I mean? Do you but, agree with that? Or I think that's because that's where we were in America at that time. Yeah. Like. We are divided. Like, you're either this or this. There is no middle. Like, I, if you're not this, I'm going to classify you as this. Well, well, hats off to the people that are trying to be in the middle. Yeah. You know, you have to. Because the, there's, the, there's people that are doing that better than others. Yeah. But unfortunately, what you're saying is true, is that for the most part, it seems like we are this and that in this country. And yes. It's, and it's becoming problematic. And you can't do that. I mean, if you did that, then that's not how... The only way you can survive evolution, which is the truth, we do evolve, we all beget, we become better. I mean, we're not five foot two, you know, beings anymore. We're now average height, like five foot seven. Yeah. You know, we're, we have evolved into a, a larger, greater, more, more productive being. So eventually we're, we're breeding even more higher beings. We're having taller individuals. We're having more occurrence of seven footers now than ever, you know, before in our history, you know, we're facilitating change within ourselves. Yeah. So you can't have that unless you're mixing things together. You can't have a purebred and expect them to not have any uh, issues with their changing environment. You need to mutate them to now accommodate their environment. That is the only way to sustain life. Yeah. You have to adapt and overcome. Yeah. And in order to do that, you have to, you know, gene pick. Yeah. And that's what we do. That's why girls like tall guys. Why? Because that's more sustainable for a species. Yeah. I mean, it's just, you know, that's the way it is. Well, I think, I think another thing that played into the way this all played out, especially initially and all the way through to where we are now is the problems in the media. You know, yeah. the media is the one delivering this message. And I don't know about you, but I just about don't believe a thing that they say. Um, I think that's the goal, though. I think the goal was to overstimulate us to the point of not paying attention to anything. So you can slide anything you need in there because you now have this blanket of uh, of shadow. Yeah, Everything's now under the mask of fake news, right? Well, now you put real news in there. It's now under fake news. Nobody's going to believe it. Now you have an alibi. You said something. Mm-hmm. So now that, that, that's the purpose of, you know, d- discrediting people. The minute you discredit them, then you, you question everything because you don't even have to, you don't, you don't even have to be understanding that if that person's speaking truth or not, it doesn't matter to you. You're questioning it regardless because now you, this one person has been discredited. Yeah. So it's like, okay, well, what's, where's the truth coming from? Yeah, but I think there was a lot of really 
clear examples where it's like, what the fuck is the news talking about? It's. I uh, will say it's always been that way, though. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I the beginning, the beginning of my disdain for the media was the weapons of mass destruction in Iraq. Yeah. Um, because yes. I mean, today that's a big pile of bullshit. And looking back on it, and that's all we heard. That's all we heard, and it sold America into a war. Mm-hmm. And so it's through that lens that I found myself in, you know, February, March, twenty twenty. Uh, getting sent home from work to to sit in a room in my house every day instead of being around people that I enjoy working with as a massive extrovert, you know, and then kind of falling into this funk of isolation going, how, this seems like a lot of bullshit. And the thing is, is like I probably misdiagnosed some things that were that were not bullshit, but I also diagnosed a lot of things for sure now, two years later, that were bullshit, and it's all just so goddamn confusing these days, you know? Um, yeah. And, you know, what? I don't know what you do about that at this point, the media. But what I, what I do think and what I did, uh, I found myself doing an enormous amount of my own research. And I tried to stay – I tried to get away from the probably agenda – not even probably, for sure agenda-driven – sources and just like go directly to the CDC website and download data tables and look at different things. And, um, you know, I think a lot of people started doing that because they were just, it's, it's hard to just trust. But then you're also living a life where you're going to work and living your everyday, your friends, some of your friends are like following it to the T. And then now we can't be friends anymore because I'm like, well, wait a minute. How much difference does it make if you're wearing a you're wearing a mask outside? What is that going to do? Mm. What what sense does that make? But there's people that are like, I need you to wear a mask. Mm. Am I making any sense? It's or am I absolutely? It's like uh, they created a, um, conflicting conflicting agendas. You know? Yeah. That's, mm-hmm. that's what they did. But that, that that's the purpose, though. That's what yeah, I'm saying. Yeah. That's what yeah. I'm, that's exactly what I'm saying. It's hard to believe that that wasn't planned. Yeah. Initially, I don't think. Well, it may have been planned, but I definitely think it was facilitated once people saw opportunity because you saw people jumping on bandwagons left and right. Yeah. Um, I think if it's a hundred percent true that it was created in a lab, then it was definitely planned. All this. Oh yeah. It, well, this is. I'm just biased because being a marine. I mean, I've had every single, you know, injection you. you possible yeah you know, yeah yeah i totally understand you know like that. For, so for me it's like okay cool just put another one in there but all you know <laughs> but like, all FD, load her up kinda, shoot her out i, I understand <laughs> totally understand that part of it and i understand guys in the marine corps that are just like what are you talking about who gives a fuck we've already had like seven of yeah them. but those were all fda approved yeah and it was a different like you well, know they also did a lot of testing of vaccin- vaccinations on the military before they were approved, before they gave them out to yeah, the civilian yeah. community. <laughs> but also, that's so, pretty fucked up too. You know though. what I mean? But that's what, <laughs> in my mind, it's like, okay, well, if I'm, if this is what I signed up for, that's the, is that what you signed up for but, to, but, be a, to be a vaccine guinea pig? Well, it, the small, the small it, print, you know what I mean? The small print of it, yeah, yeah, you yeah, don't yeah. have it because you don't have a choice. I know you're a property. You of the see what I'm I mean, saying? Your, your ID see, card you, literally says property of the government. Yeah, I don't have a choice, so I have to take these things into my body. Yeah. So it, the only thing I can control is my reaction to that. So if I'm just like, all right, fuck it, let's go. Yeah. That's my mentality. It's not like, oh, don't touch me. I'm going to be the outlier, and now you're going to have to dress me special. You know, I'm here to just you know get this done, keep the mission going. Yeah. Like my goal isn't to sit and you know be completely. 
you know, disabled or uh, incapacitated from the fear of a vaccine. Like, I'm just like, all right, let's go. But it doesn't mean let's go. to be in the military, though. Exactly. And, that, and that's also another point is we need we have so many people that are still willing to go into the military. And in my mind, I'm like, OK, well, what would make somebody want to join at this time? But but Not a goddamn thing. It, yeah, but we're coming from a different <laughs> would side. Would you do of it, it again? Would you do it again? Like in I, I, this in this climate? Well, it, it it's different. You have to understand. We're on. We're looking at it from a different side. We're looking at yeah. it from the Adults tail end that have already been there. You know, like if yeah. I'm a teenager that hasn't done anything yeah. in my life, I haven't done anything. I don't feel like I I I've you know lived anything. I could die and not leave a mark on anything. I don't feel you know impacted on any part of my life. I was a backup to a backup when I played sports. I was, you know, I never, you know, got average grades in school. You know, that, you know, that would be my achieving, you know, moment. Yeah. So, yeah, you know, if that's who I was, I was different. I was in South Dakota. But, you know, I can see why somebody would want to go in. I can also see why somebody wouldn't want to go in. You know, and it's almost like, well, what quality of people are you taking now? Now that you have all these people that don't want to go in, you know, before it was like a rallying cry. You know, I went in in 2009. We're still, you know, Iraqi freedom. We're still, you know, Fallujah. You know, we're we're moving. So I wanted to, you know, get in and see what was, you know, what was at the time. Now it's a different war. You're like, okay, well, maybe I don't want to go to war. Yeah. You know, maybe this war isn't one that, you know, I think we can win. Yeah. You know, Iraq war, I think pretty confident we knew we were going to win that. Anywhere we went, you know. But after what Biden did, did we win it? Well, there's multiple parts of that. So we started taking people out. We won individual out. battles. You know, we killed some bad guys for sure. But we but. were taking people out before Biden took people out. Let's just be. But after what, but after what he did, left all that shit I understand. Back, we, we gave them an army. We, we created an but army. But they had that before when we, we the, invaded. The, jets, the, the fighter jets? Not the fighter the tanks, jets. Not the fucking no, all that shit. We didn't have that. But when we got put into Iraq initially, all of their arms were provided by us. Okay. I, I believe Yeah, that. yeah. You yeah, see yeah, what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. yeah, that's, that. yeah, yeah that's, so we went into a war fighting against our own weapons. That's still not an excuse to leave $80 billion It's not, but it's not like the it's the first time it's ever happened. No, exactly. That, I, for sure. You see for what I'm trying sure. to say? Yeah, 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 for sure. So it's like, okay, cool. Well, it's not the first time it's happened. At yeah, least we got our guys yeah, back. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, that's true. You know? But, you know, we all and, see and It's also. a shitty situation, but if you really knew what it was like being in the fucking front lines of Iraqi freedom and... You know, back in then, we were doing our initial pushes. You're fighting against fucking M- M16s. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? Like, you're like, or AKs. Like, hey, you know, like, well, that's not were, fair. sneaky motherfuckers, too. They, oh, absolutely. So yeah. we had, now, now we got, gonna, that's what we got, you know, sorry. adapted our tactics. Yeah. Keep going. Uh, yeah, well, now we're going to fight the Taliban one day, and they're going to have an Air Force that we provided them with, you know? We're, we're fighting with them. They're actually support, some of them are supporting Ukraine, and then we have some former operators going down there and supporting Ukraine too, and they're fighting next to each other. Was that the Taliban? Some f- former members. So they so they've like converted. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I don't know. That's that's all pretty. Uh, yeah, that's it. Just it, to me, it's it's all uh, shame. You know, mm-hmm. like, the, like the historically, yeah, you're fighting wars against your own weapons and shit. Yeah. You know. Uh, what is it, Charlie Wilson's War, where they, uh, the, the movie Charlie Wilson's War with Tom Hanks, mm. that basically like talks about how, mu- how 
uh, is a real senator, I think, from Texas who spent his time fighting to get all the weapons and money and uh, arm the Afghans because they were getting slaughtered by Russia, you know. Mm. And so here we are all these years later fighting against that exact same weaponry that we put in their hands back in those days. So, yeah, yeah, I mean, it is. It's a circle. It's a circle of war that Mm. is unfortunate to, uh, you know, my fellow Marines and, you know, other service members. And that's why it's so ingrained that we don't fight for our government. We fight for our brother next to us or sister next to us. Yeah. Because that's the only it doesn't make sense if you looked at it any other way. So Ryan and I spent a lot of time together, so I think I, I have a pretty good idea what, what he would say. But, you know, meeting you and going back to what we were saying just a little bit ago about, you know, they're trying to get us divided. Mm-hmm. You know, why do you think that might be? What what in the hell is the purpose of a mass effort to divide the citizens of a country? What's your thoughts on that? Well, anytime you're, you divide, it's in order to move without spotlight. So if they're fighting amongst themselves, they're not fighting against you. Exactly. So if you can facilitate conflict, then you can walk and and maneuver without any type of, you know, pushback or, you know, take any type of threat. So you have people that are seeing the ambiguity of the Internet, you know, People are able to get into groups and and learn facts on anything they want to. It's not just, you know, what's propaganda or what's, you know, uh, approved for school. You know, yeah. they can learn anything they want to. And that loosened the grip of control. And in order to continue to be profitable, you have to maintain control because you can only see profits and margins and graphs. That's the only way you see profit or only way you see progression. And there, the problem is, is people have been so disconnected with society for so long. They've been so you have elitists and then you have poverty. And then it's very, very few in between there. You know, there, there's a majority that are in that middle line. But understanding the life is completely disconnected. It's completely polarized. So. They don't understand that if you cause more chaos and more conflict in these certain areas, that that is now going to have a secondary effect on these areas. And now these areas are going to be affected because this is this this conflict is going to now spill over into this group. And then eventually you have everyone underneath you in conflict. You have the middle class fighting with the lower class, the lower class fighting amongst the lower class. The elitists thinking they're superior to anything are those childish, you know, uh, uh, tendencies or, you know, they, they look at it as child's fighting. And, you know, what happened is, is we have people that are starting to understand the system. We're starting to understand the system. This whole metaverse and crypto thing is the greatest thing that ever was ever created because. You will now not be judged on the way you look. It will be by uh, the way you act. Yeah. And that's the first time that we would be able to implement that. But that's because you're basically sitting at home, right? Like a, as a character in a in a in a VR in scenario. a VR universe. Yeah. Yes. You, well, you would be. So you don't have to worry about what you look like. Well, you wouldn't. You wouldn't be. J, you, there would be no racism. How can you have racism when there's green and purple people everywhere? Yeah. 
You know, I won't have to worry about getting, you know, pulled over by a cop and getting shot. Have you? What have about you... chicks, though, bro? Like, I want to go meet chicks. <laughs> you can, though. but imagine. No, but it... I want to go meet chicks in real life still. But, like, I don't give but, a fuck about But imagine, <laughs> imagine making a shit ton of money in the metaverse and then being able to flex that in the real real verse. Oh, like, well, I mean, <clears throat> have you have you played with metaverse? I I, I have no I uh, I'm I under- so uneducated on I metaverse. understand it. I haven't pl- I haven't incorpor- I haven't been in it. Um but it's like up and running now, well, right? It, it's it's the it's the internet. It is the internet. I mean, if you weren't on that internet train back then, you were lost in the in the tracks. Same concept except it's going to be way faster. Yeah. I mean, because you can have it's almost like each video game that used to come out when we were kids is now going to be a metaverse. And it's like my understanding. You see what I'm saying? My understanding is like if you need to go to. I'm going to be so uneducated on this. My understanding is say you have to go to the cable company. Yeah. You can do it in metaverse. You can like use your oh, character and go to. Well, the, here's the thing is your metaverse isn't just so you have virtual reality. Right. But we're also going to have alternate reality. So we're going to have glasses that are going to allow you or contacts that are going to allow you to be in an alternate reality. So you may have like an open field in real life, but you may have a digital store in your alternate reality glasses where you can make purchases in real life. Like you walk to that place and make the purchase. I, I cannot be the first person to say this, but I mean, it is the fucking matrix. It's it's it seems like it's the matrix. Well, it, it's. Yes. I mean, you're pl- the you're concept that in. there's multiple worlds. Yes, you're, you're plugged realities. into something from uh, your physical being is yeah. sitting somewhere, but you're interacting in this world. Yeah, I mean, I can understand why people think it's cool and all that, but uh, is I also I, I think there's got to be something strange about it too, though, because you're. Well, it, there's it's some a, form of isolation that's coming with that, right? I well, mean, we we've already isolated. We're the fattest nation in America, oh, for sure. For you sure. know, we've already isolated. We don't take steps. What are you talking about? Americans exercising in in in, in the retrospect of what America is looked at on the world. Yeah, we're fat, lazy, you know, entitled bums. Well, that's but also you as why an individual COVID. doesn't have to be. A it doesn't. No, absolutely not. But I'm just saying, on the macro sense, we have. We we have been less mobile uh, as a society, America. Yeah, for sure, and that's time. why COVID r- ravaged us and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, you know. So we're we we've always been. I mean, even when I was a kid, you get you know watch TV and you know you sit at home the whole day and watch TV, you know, or you play video games. I, it, you play sports, obviously, but you spend your free time in that you know realm because your friends do it, and you want to be able to have conversation with your friends or at least go to your friend's house and not look like an idiot when you get onto the systems you know but isn't the isn't it isn't it better to to answer to that is for us to go back in time a little bit and go outside more and go shoot hoops and play two-hand touch or tackle football out in the field and play tag and hide and go seek and shit like that like we're going Get the dirty. other way yeah drink out the tap water yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, know. Yeah. I absolutely agree with you so what i think is going to happen is that there's actually going to be a choice as opposed to before when you had kids that didn't fit in they didn't know where to go now they have places to go mm. so you're going to still have people that want to be outdoors want to be active you're going to have parents that are going to force their kids into being active but they have a choice if you're making 
thousands of dollars at 13 years old on the metaverse, you know, why am I going to teach you how to play sports when I could, you know, get you better learning into this and you become a billionaire when you're 18 years old? Uh, You know, that's what we're talking about. Like our sports, does sports matter if you're making a billion dollars? It is what it is. Some people say yes. Some people say no. Well, does sports matter or does college matter? Well, I mean, traumatic brain injury, you know, all, you know, broken bones, you know, uh, paralysis, torn ACLs, you know, you know, tennis elbow. Like there's so many different things that you can have negative that can come up as an excuse not to do something. Yeah. You know, there's always an excuse. Um, But some people don't want to do it and they have that choice. It's, you know, they have the choice. And then you can also have people like back in the day that it was required to have physical fitness and meet certain physical fitness standards in America. If you didn't pass this standard, you didn't pass, uh, you couldn't graduate or something like that. Like that was the fitness standard. And you had like gym classes of all American kids doing pull-ups and monkey bars and, you know, push-ups and sit-ups. And like that was required. Yeah. You know, imagine if they did that now. (laughs) require you to be physically fit like that wouldn't happen because the choice is now not to be and now they have that choice because school is going to be obsolete if they don't upgrade the facilities if they don't enhance the 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 materials and the means books are a thing of the past i mean if you still have kids on books you're way you're 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 teaching them things that aren't going to be applicable for now well, what, what what exactly is replacing books? Metaverse, but, virtual I mean, reality. So, but how's that replace? So when I say books, like uh, absorption absorption of information, like how is metaverse I providing think, information to people? Because I think books are linear. The metaverse is four dimensional. You can have it just because it's in a book. That's your only source of information. Is that book? Metaverse is unlimited sources of information right there. So you're not just getting told one thing and, ha- and getting conditioned to think that this is what history is. Yeah. You now get to see what history really was. You could walk in the pyramids. You can see the fossils. You can go and understand what geology and biology and microbiology and chemistry. You can learn these things outside of just, okay, well, NAOH and... Okay, all these, you know, these terms. But it's still a virtual world that's like zeros and ones that's being created. And so, I mean, isn't that... It's an imagination that gets created. But but it's also a massive risk of being, you know, like it's not like history. History's being created by somebody in that context, which I guess you could argue the books are being written. But the thing about books is books have been written, uh, you know, for thousands of years. And you you can go back and read from different times. But when it's all go- being put into zeros and ones, and I know I'm just sounding like the grumpy old man here. No, does, but, that's but a big like, opinion. But that's a that's a big deal, though, is that it could be, it's a, it's a it's the whole world's going to be created in that sense, yes. and it's probably at risk of a lot of misinformation or agenda driven mm-hmm. creation. Now, with that, yes. So, I just want to have a, I have a little bit about history is only written by those who survive it. Yeah. yeah. So, um, but also. Um, yes, there are going to have those polarizing opinions in the metaverse, but that's why, that's why it's so spectacular is because you're going to have multiple 
avenues, multiple metaverses. You don't have to just go from that one. You can go to this one. You can go to that one. You don't just have to play Call of Duty. You can play FIFA. You can play, you know, Madden. You can play, you know, WWE. You can you have the choice to get your information from multiple sources. So, so if you don't so, like the way that this one's being told to you, all right, just go to this one. It's not like, oh, this is your only book. Come back and return at the end of the year. Boy, I'll tell you, you know, we always heard like the 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 uh, the older generation, you know, probably for like all throughout history, like, oh, my God, I'm growing out of this world. Yeah, man, I'm telling you, I'm 39 years old and I'm like, what? I, I don't even know if I'm going to fit in around here in five or 10 years, if, unless I jump in and partake in all this. I'm going to be walking around here trying to sell typewriters to people, you know, <laughs> which is the truth. You're going to. And but I do think with every change. Every time there's like a, a, a dynamic shift, uh, a paradigm shift, there is that, that, that time frame where there's co- constant uh, evolution, constant creation, constant um, new opportunity. But after that honeymoon phase is done, you start looking back to what you missed in that process. And that is the old timers, the people that, are, that, that had it figured out because these are chaotic 20-year-olds. You know, teenagers, 20 year olds, they don't understand their emotions yet. You know, 30 year olds, they don't, they're going to have to start dealing with their inner demons sooner than later. And they're going to have to look to the older generation and be like, well, how did you do it? Like, I'm freaking the fuck out. How did you do it? I think the older generation might be sitting in a ditch somewhere going, where the hell did everything go? Yeah. It's it's an apocalypse to them. Yeah. It's the death of the old regime. And there's always a fight, at a change of guard. Always. It does feel like the world is changing so dramatically, yeah. so fast these days. And, um, yeah, you know, it's, uh, it's, it's hard not to be caught up in the resistance of it all just because it's going – the pages are turning so fast. Yeah. You know. It's only going to get faster. That's the, that's the, in my opinion, I embrace change. I embrace it because it, it pushes me to my better self. I usually do, but I'm – I uh, the world feel the it, it doesn't it it doesn't to me mm-hmm. and dude you're by the way you're super well spoken and like interesting in what in what you're presenting no wonder you got a podcast going um but I, I'm struggling to feel positive about all this stuff you know mm-hmm. um. Because you're getting yeah, left and I don't want to. I I I don't want to just like tie it directly to all the all the typical political stuff that's going yeah. on. Um, but may, maybe maybe it's maybe you're right. Maybe it is that I'm getting left behind. Maybe it is that I'm traditional, mm-hmm. uh, very traditional values and thinking yeah. and all that. I I would admit to that. Um, but. I don't know that I, I I'm having a hard time seeing how this is all going in a real positive direction. It seems even what you're describing right there, mm-hmm. and we we're talking about the division. Yeah, it seems like that's dividing us even even more, right? It is. It's the old and the new. Well, it's not only that. It's like you said that uh, you could go. Oh, you don't like this metaverse, so let me go into yeah. the other metaverse. So now those two people are. Yep. You know they're divided yep. in some way. Because if the one provides this kind of information, but then this one provides that kind of information yep. on, say, the pyramids. Yep. And that's how you, you how, breed. You, it, that's how we become conditioned. And then we're going to be completely conditioned into whatever faction we identify with. 
to her and be like, okay, I'm only in the greens. So, Silver. Zach, how's that better? Well, it's, How's that it's, better? It, well, here's the thing. We do that anyway. We do it anyway. When we're in high school, but that you have seems every like... little f- group. And if you're not in that group, you're not cool. You're not allowed in that it's group. It's just a higher technology of uh, conditioning. Yes, that's all it is. And, We've and, been conditioned and quote-unquote groomed. Yes. Th- that, that word's getting thrown around too much, but groomed to fucking think mm-hmm. a certain way and feel a certain way and whatever. It's because it's monkey see, monkey do. I mean, it goes back to the food pyramid I had when I was a kid, you know? Yeah. It was like eat fucking, you know, 12 boxes of bread a day. Yeah. Or whatever. And it's going to get even crazier once we have, like, Neuralink happens. And that's when you... um. They're going to have chips that you're going to attach nah, it to the brain. All that. Just, but, I just want to be dead by then. <laughs> well, it's actually happening in like two years. Okay, cool. Well, so Are you serious? Not, nobody, so like, where, where are you finding this stuff? It's I'm, everywhere. It's not going to be forced. It's everywhere. Well, no, no, no. It's, it's going to be- Putting a brain in our ch- or a chip no, in our no, brain? No, no, no. It's me? not. It, what's going to happen is it's going to get tested on paraplegic patients, uh, it, yeah. people that have nerves that have been cut off in the brainstem. The goal is to redirect the neurotransmitters and the pathways so that they can start functioning and using their hands and feet again. So initially, that's what the purpose is. But eventually... Well, wait. Do you mean physically using their hands and feet again or virtually using their hands? Physically. So that's interesting. I mean, uh, one thing you may not know about me is my brother was uh, in a a coma for 19 years, traumatic brain injury from a car accident. So that's interesting to think about. We we always wondered. he, He passed away last year. Uh, but we always wondered what what is he thinking? Because yeah. we no facial, there yeah. was no ability to communicate with him. So and that's what something Neuralink like would this, do. Neuralink like I think that's cool. Would go into the brain, and then what you would be able to do is communicate without words because words are limiting. If you don't have the right words to describe what you're thinking, then the person that is hearing it isn't going to think what you're thinking. So you would be able to send exactly what you're thinking over to the other person wirelessly. And they would be able to understand what you're talking about without even having to say a word. Yeah, that's cool. So you would, uh, if your brother was alive, you, he would have the opportunity to actually share his thoughts with you. And you could and- have full conversations. He'd be able to control. They had When they were doing the beta testing, they had a, a chimpanzee playing Pong with his mind. And Sounds like a slippery slope to cyber. It is. Well, the goal. this is what's eventually going to happen. Eventually, it's going to be like cell phones. So you're going to think... Oh, I'm never going to have a cell phone. That's radiation. I'm only going to keep my beeper, right? And then, lo and behold, it's not cool if you grow up without a cell phone. So it, we're gonna, there's going to be a whole generation that's going to grow up, and it's not going to be cool if you don't have the chip. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. And then that generation is going to just exponentially grow. I, sh- I think shit will get crazy before that goes down. Well, it, well, it will. I mean, I'm talking like... Riots in the streets. Yeah. You know what I mean? But there will be people that are, you know, prepared for those issues. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's a different, yeah. yeah, You know, and those people will be survivals of that, you know, whatever happens. That's like what everything you just described sounds like something that creates like a resistance. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> It'll be like Dennis Leary and Demo- Demolition that, Man hiding in the sewers. It's almost like it's a, um, it's a, it's your, your cop out, like if you don't, if if all else fails, you have this. But isn't this putting a lot of, um, isn't this putting a lot of trust in 
Yeah, that could go. I, I can think of a million ways that yeah. could go really badly. Well, anything uh, that's developed to help people gets abused. Anything. And so imagine that getting abused. It will. Imagine, it will. Imagine, imagine all the people. You know, it will. AI. Imagine, AI is going to be abused. Seventy. It's, imagine fifty percent of people take on the chip yeah. and start living. And, and you know, and then the immorality that we've already yep. seen, basically through all of history, from governments, mm-hmm. uh, you know, take over. Where well, you wouldn't be go? able to hide as much, so that 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 would be one of the benefits. And you, I think you wouldn't, you as a person, wouldn't be able to hide yes. from the from the government. You wouldn't be able to hide anything, and I think it would make everything transparent. And if you live in a transparent society, then you can start, in, you know, uh, you can start implementing a structure. The problem is, is we have to, <clears throat> so many two faced every people everywhere that are going to go supply our enemies, oh, and then the go obvious. Well, lobbyists and also uh, elected officials. And, but they're getting paid by the lobbyists. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't know if the military gets paid off of lobbyists. Well, I mean, I think I think the military, uh, whatever the military does, is very much influenced by lobbyists, lobbyists and the military-industrial complex. The, and, the so industrial yeah. complex, not so much the individual branches. I'm tracking on that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And I, I, but I, I definitely think that those people making those decisions, you know, are the ones that are highly affected by it. Yeah, like who's like how's this how's this war going to affect my company? Yeah, you know, exactly, that's and that's the agenda. And who gave me more money? So I'll make this decision or that decision. And that decision might be selling arms to certain people, or, or selling it might be bribing a government not to rat on your cokehead son. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. And and it's you know one way or the other. It's there there there's it's the problem is is there's so many layers to it. You may have something on the superficial side that's like looks really bad, but there's deeper layers that expose people that you don't even understand that, you know, might even have, you know, greater ties, deeper ties into the 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 nastiness. Yeah. You know, for sure. the, like the dark Epstein, side. like Epstein Island. You see what I'm saying? And who was his best friend? But but I feel but Bill I'm Gates not or Bill Clinton. Bill Clinton and, and, and Trump. Yeah. Yeah, they were buddies. They were best friends. Players, yeah. Best well, friends, but but I'm failing to see how this is actually going to be more valuable to the individual person as opposed to the Epstein um, in it, this situation. It, I think the value is feeling that you have control. That's what people value. Feeling like you have feeling. control. Just people. You, the deception of control is all upon the the user. So if if you make this person think that they're making their free choices when you know they're really just going to make the choices that you present to them the opportunity you give them you know they're going to make all the if i give you the opportunity to get promoted to staff sergeant if i give you the opportunity to go up to gunny and you have to fulfill this criteria you don't have to do it but you know they're going to do it you know so you so, can so the it's future, coercion so the future we're move, moving to i'm gonna this is a little this is a little facetious for you but the future that we're moving towards yeah is the feeling yes of freedom um well as opposed to freedom i have my own interpretation of freedom so this is developed off of my life experiences sure and i um, hope you i hope all respect to you like this has been really interesting talking through this i'm yeah I'm, I'm totally fascinated i had no clue we were going to go down this path so I'm nobody not, does i'm not i'm not sending <laughs> this i'm not sending this question to you no like, i'm, I'm like here i'm an here. asshole or anything but i could i mean but freedom. i've seen worse but what I'm saying in my, interpret- in my interpretation of what f- freedom truly is, what true freedom is, is living without fear. 
That is the only definition of what true freedom is. If you don't have that, then you are not free. And that's why so many people of color have such an issue is because we have to constantly live in a way of fear, you know, where everything we do is hyper spotlighted or hyper criticized or the, the consequences are twice as bad. You know, it's a constant state of fear. So you don't feel free in a, in a country where you're supposed to. And that's the problem. And if you can help facilitate people to what what makes you feel comfortable in a in a in a helpless situation? Well, you're training. If you have properly trained, you feel that like you can overcome that that scenario. You know, if I feel like I if I haven't trained properly, then you're going to be fearful in that situation because you weren't prepared. And that's what we don't have is we don't have proper preparation. You know, you have all these people who don't graduate high school and then you expect them to be civilized people. You know, there's nothing that helped help them overcome that that block they're not taught trades they're not taught education they're not taught anything they have no skills no social skills either no so there's a they're set up for failure because over time if you were in the military your grandfather was in the military his father was in the military well if you have a mother that didn't graduate high school a father that didn't graduate high school grandfather that didn't graduate high school what do you think is going to happen to you you're set up for failure and you are constantly taught that because of this failure, you are now in fear of being incarcerated or killed. So, you know, the metaverse, if, for sure, I could see where it eliminates all of that. But yeah. isn't, isn't, isn't the emotion of fear sometimes good? And maybe I'm getting a little nuanced yes. here. But, like, I, uh, I'm afraid that we'll lose game six of the NBA finals. I'm afraid that, um, you know, that presentation I have tomorrow doesn't go so well. Like sometimes fear is a positive motivator for things to go better, to push you farther, to, mm. you know, like the old cliche saying, like, if you're not afraid of failure, then you're not doing the right thing or something like that. Um, I think <clears> there's a difference between fear and doubt. Yeah. Okay. Go ahead. I think it's it's different because if you don't doubt yourself, then you're not going to be fearful. But if you doubt yourself, then that's allowing fear to come into the equation. But isn't that kind of utopian to think that we're going to eliminate fear altogether? Well, it's the same concept as thinking that we're going to live on this earth forever. You know, Meaning people. People. Yeah, I mean, I have no doubt that people yeah. will not be here forever. Yeah, we, it's a totally out of, out, of, out, of real, out of the real realm that we live in. Yeah. Like that's... that's Totally out of the. We're, we're talking about Jesus, who was like what, twenty two hundred years ago, yeah. or two thousand twenty years ago. Like that's only two thousand twenty years. We're talking about millions of years that the the billions of years that the Earth has been here. Oh, yeah. I mean, those are facts, and we're you know we're hyper spotlighting just two thousand years ago. Like, let's be real, we're not going to be here the whole time. Yeah, I mean, uh, the, the the point on that, um, I I have. No problem thinking humans are going to go away. We're going to become yeah. extinct. Exactly. I don't know. Absolutely. I, I don't. I really. I don't know anybody. I haven't had that conversation. I guess really mm-hmm. with anybody. Uh, but I would be surprised to find many people that think that that's the way it's going to go. Well, we we have technology on our hip everywhere. Technology is integrated in us. It's our uh, alternate conscience consciousness. Um, but that's only going to get higher and higher. Um, uh, more more complex is going to be a, a more prestigious type of mechanism. Like we're going to have things that are developed in ways that we never even thought of before, and it's going to be machines that do that are doing it. 
our human, our human, like us being humans limits us and what our capacity is. And if we implement, you know, biotechnology, which is technology integrated into our bodies, then we are allowed to be more, our, our, our limit is now increased. So we're able to do more. So if we can breathe without oxygen, we can now explore more planets. If we can lift up heavy lifting things, then we can now uh, uh, scavenge more uh, geodes in the rocks and the mountains because we can get penetrate deeper. We can find other t- alternative fossil fuels. We can um, build more um, energy saving um, mechanisms based off of our capability of building. You know, if we can build things faster, then we can have better things. What about what, what? Like, how do you see this impacting geographical lines in countries? I mean, is this? It, it seems like this is one world government it kind of be. stuff. It, eventually, I see it being a a, a one world government that's going to be like a long term down the line. I'm talking about like maybe another you know hundred, two hundred years, maybe a hundred hundred years. But it, there's going to have to be some type of universal law or universal core values that everybody one abides of, by. One of the most powerful countries in the world is China. And they're com- yeah. communist. So, I mean, like... But eventually, it's, it's going to be so fluid. Like, you're going to have kids growing up in a virtual reality where they don't know the person next to them, but they know somebody in China. You know, and they're going to grow up with that person in China. But what I'm saying is the Learning structure... Chinese. The structure of the world is very volatile to the fact that the government... Oh, yeah. The, the, the government... Um, Delivery is something like communism, and how's that good? I think governance is going to have to change um, because the problem— I mean, do you see China changing uh, for the sake of yeah, all this? I, I think that they're going to be forced into it. Um, I think they may be one of the last resistors into it, but it's it's inevitable. I mean, you have technology growing so fast. Money is not going to be an issue, so you're going to have common people with billions of dollars. And, the you know, the whole— but they'll, you know, I mean, they're they're like technologically on oh, yeah. top of shit. So I mean, for sure, they're going to have for a now big... though. Just like we were the number one military, and then we get surpassed. They're the number one technology. Who's to say that in five years that you know Sweden isn't the number one technology country in the world? You know, like it's always evolving. It's a it's an arms race. You know, and we have some of the greatest minds in the world in America. So we might you know in five years now be the 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 dominant source in the world. We don't know. Maybe they lose things if they go into war. Like, I don't know. You know. Very there, interesting. There's Very interesting. there's def, different, you know, uh, different realities that can happen. What, what, like, where are you learning all this stuff? You seem very well spoken on it. Where what, is this? Are, are you researching this or is there sources that you could share with us that maybe we could learn about it if we wanted to look into it more? Because I know almost nothing. I've been... I might as well have been a baby sitting over here just just asking you these questions and exploring what this world might look like. But but that's the majority of the world. Only a small percentage of uh, of just America understands what crypto is. Yeah, you know they don't. I, I agree with they you. Don't there. Under, they don't. have no clue. They have no idea that this is now going to be their new norm. So you, so you definitely think crypto is going. It has to. It's going it has up. to. Okay. It has that, to. Man, it is flailing lately. Well, I mean, th- I mean, that's the short, you know, short-sided view of it. The long-sided view is, you know, 
we, we used to have rice as the backing for currency, and then it changed to gold. You know, we are changing our, yeah. you know. <laughs> it, Boom. That's a good historical. We're, we're changing. So uh, for me personally, I've lived all over. You know, I never stay in the same place for a very long time. I'm very observant. Um, I'm very quiet. But my opinions are just based off of what I see and the, my, the way I interpret the world. And then, like, I process it, and then I come up with my own my own opinion, and then but, I spit it out. But are you looking at, like, websites and stuff like that? Or no, I, I just look at, like, if you can look at what's kind of the tendencies of everything. You know, you take, all, you take it all in. You take every aspect in, and then I apply that to my personal experiences. Yeah. You know, and then applying what that's happening to my personal experiences and seeing how those decisions would have affected me and my personal decisions— that's how I come up with my, you know, like I said, I've been in yeah, every just an intelligent group. guy living your life with yeah. your eyes open. Well, you know, I'm also very willing to hear other opinions. Yeah. Like, cause I know that I can voice my opinion, you know, intelligently, but if you can come up with a better argument, world, I'm, world, I'm, world travel and living in different places is highly underrated oh. for perspective and it's just underrated, I think. Yeah, you you don't know what it's like to appreciate things. Yeah, and and that's what the you know I I appreciate a lot of things in in Asia. You know, just the the kindness, you know, naturally, and how you know if you're in the airport, they wish you the entire crew will wish you a safe travel. Like that's just little stuff that it, if that was implemented in American lifestyle would make big differences because you're showing that you're empathic, you're showing that you care. You know, it's more instead of just like ship them in and ship them out, you know, type of mentality. And, you know, if we can come back to America and feel that sense of loving, it's almost like, okay, people care about me. People give a shit. The problem with America is that you feel like nobody gives a shit about you anywhere you go. You know, you might have, you know, a couple friends, but ideally you think if you meet a person walking on the road, they're just going to, you know, they're going to be a pissy asshole. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's just the natural reaction that we have with everybody. You know, we don't want to talk to them because they're just going to be a pissy asshole. Yeah. Say like the next 10 years transitioning towards something like this. And you said that chips were oh, yeah. like two years, two years away. Like, how do you see the next five to 10 years going with the current climate? That kind of the end game. I think it's I hypothetically. Think, but like, how do you see this going the next several years? I see it going in. A rapid rate that, you know, because the way I see it, people are biting at the bit for this for this to explode. Like well, they're Mostly just, the younger generation. Younger generation, because we're, ti- we're, we're like the younger generation is just tired of being neglected. You know, if you really want to get into it, you know, the, the, the older regime has been holding on to to their power, you know, for every last year of life that they can and they're refusing to cut it off and hand it over to the you know the 30 year olds the 40 year olds you know you mean so so we're living in a time where the baby boomers the yeah. the biggest generation uh in any kind of recent history is uh at that state where they're the senior vice president yep. executive vice president ceo uh they're the generals in the military yep. they're the admirals and they're just—that's what you mean. They're just yeah. hanging on, and 
all of us are sitting here going, dude, get out of the way. Imagine if you feel uncomfortable at 39 years old, how you would feel at 59, 69 years old. Yeah. You know, you would be like, I ain't giving. Nope. The minute I give this up, all everything I know of changes, which is, yes, it is going to change. It's going to be completely different than the way you remember it. But it's necessary. If you don't do this, you're going to you're, you're, you're resisting it to the point of, of death. I mean, you're, you're, you, you have young people with energy and optimism, and you're trying to cut off their wings before they get a chance to use them because you don't want to give up your, your security. But you have so many people that are intelligent that have been learning coding since sef- second grade, you know, that have been getting molded to take on this new world, and you're refusing it at every cost. And they're just like, come on, let us go. Like, let us be free. Let us go create our worlds and be creative minds and create things that have never been discovered or imagined before. That's the goal, you know? And we and the whole the point is, is like once that top comes off, same thing with cannabis. Like once the pop top comes off, you're going to see everything start incorporating cannabis because it's literally beneficial in everything. You're going to see it all over the place. It's the same concept. And then we're and it's an inev- it's inevitable. It is inevitable because there's too much proof of how it's going to succeed. It's too much proof. If you had, you know, control over the the research and control over all the graphics and studies like they used to, then you might be able to hold off. But they don't have that control anymore. Mm. And it's there's too much knowledge out there. And that's yeah. the the younger generation's different. When we were kids, we hated knowledge because it was always in a structure of school. You know, you might want to learn math, but it's not because you are interested in math. It's because you want a good grade. Multiplication tables. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. But now you have kids that are actually interested in math, ones and zeros. It's a different generation. And you can't, you know, imagine if we got told in our generation that we couldn't play sports. Like That's what drove us. You know, if you couldn't play sports, you'd be like, come on, just let us play sports. Just let us play. I've been training my whole life to play sports. Let me play sports. That's what these kids are going through. And it's like you're stopping them from playing their sport because you can get a scholarship playing e-games now. You can be a yeah. gamer and have a full ride scholarship to universities getting top tier education. Yeah, my uh, my college has that. My, my I, I saw that five, six years ago. They actually have they built a whole facility with all these yep. like beautiful chairs and shit at the at the gaming systems and yeah they're yep. they're participating in that. Yeah, it's very uh I got to tell you man, very interesting topic to bring up. I don't know how the hell we went into that. <laughs> but uh segways, man. Yeah. Well, you know, it's our it's our motto. We turn the cameras on, we turn the mics on and see where it goes. That's know? the point. That's the point. Um in in your podcast, do you do any like uh you know, beforehand, do you do you do the same thing, or do you like draw up like a structure, a, a structure of like, oh, right, well, let's hit on this, this, and this. Well, you know? I mean, depend I, on the guest, maybe. Well, yes and no. I mean, I, I did get lucky um, getting some time in front of a camera out in L.A. and yeah. kind of getting a, a basic, you know, learning or um, you know, intro. So I, my goal is kind of just base it off of what the guests, you know, vibes are. Number one thing is to make sure that they're comfortable. You know, as yeah. long as your guest is comfortable, then you can get really good information out of them. 
um, because that's where the little bits of gold come from. You know, yeah. when when they're off on a tangent and they speak on something that they don't, you know, even it doesn't matter to them, but to you, it's like, oh my god, yeah. You know, I was that's what I was looking for. Yeah, you know, and it, and that it, any person can give that to you. That's the best part. Like, yeah, it, you know, yeah, that's right. gold can come from anywhere. You don't have to just use, you know, one vessel and that's your only gold. Like you can have bits of gold from anything. You know, a homeless man can give you, tell you something about their life that just totally blows you away. Yeah. You know, For and sure. it doesn't matter. You know, that 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 homeless man could eventually like inspire somebody to no longer be homeless or something like that. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I saw, I think it was Dr. Phil told Joe Rogan, you can probably go out on the street and just find somebody and bring them in here and just have a interesting conversation for two hours. Um, I tend to, I tend to agree with that for the most part, you know, um, is there anything that you wanted that you thought maybe we would talk about or you wanted to talk about at all? Um, talk about most of my stuff, uh, pretty much. Oh, I'm also have, um, uh, native suticles, Tampa. Uh, I started working with a manufacturer called native suticles and, they are seed to shelf, so they grow it, manufacture it, distribute it all from the same location. Um, that one of the industry leaders or the you're, global you're talking leaders. about cannabis, right? Hemp, right? Yeah. yeah. So yeah. it is the 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 difference between hemp and marijuana or THC cannabis is one has delta nine THC, which is classified as the regulated chemical, and then hemp is anything that has less than zero point three percent delta nine THC. So it doesn't have as much psychoactive effect, but you get all the other benefits of the plant in there. So, you know, you, you, there's different cannabinoids, CBG, CBN, um, obviously CBD, but you can also get Delta-8 out of hemp as well. And the, the, the biggest thing is just finding out that there's other options outside of just THC that can help you alleviate your ailments or injuries or, or pains and aches. You know, you could use a CBG if you're having a lot of mental issues or a lot of gut, you know, issues. You use CBN if you're having a lot of sleep issues. Or you could just use CBD if you want all full body kind of homeostasis or balance. You know, kind of deal with your anxiety, your depression, your PTSD, your your chronic pain. Um, there's just so many benefits to using the cannabis plant. Um, and we're learning more and more stuff every single week, month. You know, we're, we're on the beginning stages. We're on the front end of research. So what comes from that is only going to be, you know, more beneficial to veterans who have mental and physical issues, but also civilians that have mental and physical issues. Yeah, is, it, is this uh, is this like a storefront? Are you guys doing uh, uh, online or? So I, as of right now, I am only online. Okay. I am. What's the, the website? The The website is uh, Native Suticles. Um, dot com slash t- backslash tampa but um it's uh, all off of your location so if you can just go on there you'll see the wide variety i mean we have topicals pets an entire pet product line um uh peanut butter pumpkin bites for the dogs uh it's the be- pumpkin helps with the indigestion and yeah. then the cbd helps with the anxiety Sounds separation anxiety Yes, actually, for I'll you, I'll take some peanut butter pumpkin bites. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's, I mean, they're edible. I mean, you could eat them. It's, it's just you have to make sure that with uh, pet tinctures or pet products that it's specifically made for the pet because there are certain terpenes that are in the cannabis flower that can cause allergic reactions to dogs or animals. Yeah, for sure. So, how, yeah, how, the, how do you find out? 
Well, you have to do a lot of research. You can break it down and test it, and that's how you get the oils and all that shit. But I mean, so I got Great Danes. How do I know? Uh, Well, obviously, you know, you could kind of tell if your dog ate something wrong. You know, if so, it, so it's like, hey, here's some. Let's see what happens. No, <laughs> it, if it's a specific blend for pets, you won't have to worry about. Yeah, it. Okay, so, I see, but I if see, you I give see. them human, you know, yeah, uh, yeah. Hemp, it's, it's, CBD, it could go either way. It could, THC, yeah, because I've go. seen dogs eat like pounds of weed. Exactly, <laughs> fucking. Not, it, I mean, they're fucked up, but they weren't like they didn't they were have weird. the shits or just like humans. We have like gluten. Like there's certain certain things that we might be sensitive to. Yeah, yeah. So, but it it, it won't kill them. Yep. Is the is the best part that cannabis, you know, it won't kill you. Is this uh, is, where's the military with this stuff? Is are you allowed to do any of this stuff in the military these days, or what? So, what I have really been focusing on is getting to the military veteran community. So, what people don't understand is they automatically will take like a C, let's just say CBD. They'll take T, CBD and say no, I can't use that because it has THC in it. Well. What CBD is, is there's different derivatives of it. There's a full spectrum, which is less than 0.3% THC, but there's also a multi-spectrum, which is THC-free. And as long as you're using a product that's properly lab-tested, you can have the THC-free product and still get all the benefits without having to worry about popping on any tests if you're a government employee or a state employee like that. Um, But my goal is to really help you know, maybe get this into the VAs because we need so much support and it's not being shown at all. Uh, you have all these disabled veterans, people front that have gotten blown up, you know, from different eras, you know, not just our era, but, you know, different eras of, you know, traumatic injuries. So, you know, helping people overcome that just because the VFWs and American legions are, you know, it's all liquor. That's all, that's all they have, yep. you know, a whole bunch of liquor. And beer. And that's where everybody wants to hang out, you know, because that's how they cope with their pain. And, you know, if we can just provide another option, I'm not saying that they'd stop taking prescriptions. Obviously, prescriptions have their, their place in society. You're not telling them to stop taking anything. Just At fucking all. giving them a different, better option. Exactly. I'm not saying to stop taking your prescriptions, but if you can take a cream that helps take away your pain, then you might not have to take as high of a dosage of your pain uh, painkiller. Yeah, exactly. You know, and that, that that's better for your liver. That's better for your brain. That's better for your body. And then eventually, if you can feel okay taking less, then you might have, feel like you're gaining control. The problem is, is we lose control to our prescriptions, yeah. and they control us, and we have no choice. We're vic- we're slaves to it. You know, you're just a zombie walking around all the time. Yeah. Yeah. I I, I mean, I, I I have a very stereotypical drinking habit yeah <laughs> uh veteran drinking habit but uh, I, i'll agree all day that you know thc you know the edibles um that's much better yeah much, much, much better habit i just i just don't have a tolerance for it and yeah um i probably should switch that yeah well it's you don't have hangovers you know you might yeah, it, sure. obviously if you overdo it you might feel lethargic but that's different than puking into the the toilet yeah you know, well, and yeah, having and a headache it, in the morning, or having a headache uh, in the morning, or and not doing shit, for or doing a day. stupid shit the night, uh, the yeah. night of, yeah. and waking well, up the next day. Fucks me up for like two days. And, and the older you get, the worse it gets. Yeah, for sure. Yep. You know, yep. And you're telling me, buddy. I know. <laughs> Thirty-two is different than thirty-eight. <laughs> it definitely is. Well, it's all in the body, I guess. Yeah, <laughs> yeah man. 
Well, once again, Core Values. Yeah. Core Values, your podcast. Cop, uh, yeah, check us out on Instagram, the Core Values Podcast, and then also Core Values Official. Uh, the website is www.corevalues.io. And we also have us on Spotify as well. So look us up on Core Values. It's, nice, all, it's Purple Logo. Nice, man. It's very nice to meet you. Yeah, it was yeah, great man. meeting you guys as well. It's good good having you out there as a Marine brother, but also as a, a brother podcaster. You know, let's yeah. learn from each other as we go. Good luck to you. Um, we'll stay in touch, man. It's been it's been cool chatting with you. Yeah, I, I really appreciate your time, guys, and, you know, just being able to just talk. Yeah, you know, it was nice. Really, it was, nice. it was really nice. Yeah, yeah, man. Thanks, bud. All right, let's get out of here. Awesome. Take care, guys.